All right, the Tikinego podcast is back for 2022. Thank you for tuning in, either on audio or video. I'm James, and I'm going to be talking about um, reflecting on, I guess, the uh, release of our new album, Headless Restless, um, in more of a kind of process like why we did an album and what we learned from it and what we're going to do next sort of thing. Um, bit of mindset stuff, bit of music nerding. All the stuff you come to expect from the uh, Tukin Echo podcast. If you're new tuning in, um, hi, welcome. Um, the reason that we do this podcast alongside like our jam content or um, yeah, like our releases on Spotify and that kind of thing is like this is more about the journey of the creative kind of process and marketing and building a band and like the mindset that it takes and sometimes like a dig into more like musician sort of stuff like how you get guitar tones, and uh, <laughs> I get to nerd out a little bit as well. And influences, like, basically me ranting about Jack White and the Beatles. There's a few episodes on that, if you want it. So it's a bit of a, a mix of a few things. Um, it's a little, you know, it can be a bit unstructured. Uh, but, yeah, it's it's a more of a deeper dive into sort of the, the how and the why, rather than literally us saying we've got this new song. Because there's plenty of places you can check out our songs if that's of interest. Um... But yes, I thank you for tuning in because this is it. This is the deep stuff. So if you're here, um, I really appreciate that you've gone this far, found this corner of the internet. It's awesome. So um, uh, yeah, our first one for 2022 because we've been focusing on releasing our new record, Headless Restless, which is now out. Uh, I'm recording this on beginning of March and our record came out on the 25th of February on streaming. And we did a bit of a backstage behind the scenes thing before that for our email list as well. Um, so yeah, the album is finally out. Um, it didn't actually take us like that long to do an album compared to like a big established band. Like I think we started working on this at least like properly. We're recording an album and we're starting to do pre-production that kind of thing in February 2021. Uh, so about a year ago. Um, but the songs were written probably in the year leading up to it, and a few of them were written like while we were recording the album. Um, so it's been a <clears throat> a long old journey, um, and I guess it's <clears throat> like a slightly unusual thing to do in 2022 to release an album as like a small band. So um, yeah, I'm just going to talk about like why we did it, what we learned from it, what we're going to do next, um, that sort of stuff. So um, so why did we decide to do it in the first place? Like why, if you're um, kind of up and coming band, can I call us an up and coming band? I don't know. Um, but why would you make an album rather than do singles or whatever? Um, and the re- there's a few reasons, but like <clears throat> the main reason for us to do it is these songs fit. We we had this bunch of songs. We had a lot of songs, so we had to do something with them, and we wanted to release them all rather than just pick like one or two best ones and do singles kind of thing. We we wanted to get all of these out there. They were quite eclectic. Um, you know, quite they ranged like quite. They all had different influences and different sounds and different feel, but they did have this like arc um, that reflected a kind of dark to light sort of journey in them. Um, and so we would debate. We we had you know we've done an album before called Walk to Circus, which is a very different process and a very different kind of stage of the band. Um, it's still cool. Um, it's uh, and it's got some songs that we still play, you know, today. But it's a very different sound to, to what the band's kind of developed into. And we keep it, you know, we're going to keep it up there to uh, show that stage of development. But it's a lot more, that is, Walk to Circus is a lot more electronic 
um, kind of produced like it's all uh, MIDI and plugging into the laptop and experimenting with sounds in a pure like not trying to play them live kind of setting. Um, whereas this one, Headless Restless, it comes after we've done basically between those two albums, we've done a couple of EPs of us playing live and like singles, that kind of thing. Um, so yeah, we, we were. I think we were building up to another kind of some more studio released tracks. Um, it was it was time for it. But yeah, we we did an album because these songs just fit together like well enough into an album. Um, when we we lay we literally like wrote them all on pieces of paper, put them out on the floor, and started arranging them into a track list, and thought actually you know what we've got something a bit bigger here than just like a bunch of singles we've got like a a journey and we can actually i think the album is the uh, an album is the best way for us to kind of take uh, get the most potential out of this set of songs rather than it's almost like when they're so diverse in sounds and stuff it's quite hard to keep releasing them as singles and for it to like make sense whereas an album like you have a bit for some reason putting it all together as one you have a bit more like leeway to um have album tracks of it like some catchier songs some like more exploratory songs whereas if you release them all as singles you felt like you'd have to promote like an instrumental track or something um but that might just you know maybe maybe people would accept singles like that but um for us it just seemed to like it's like oh we've got these songs we got opportunities to make them like gapless to make this into like a more than just a set of songs like a, a I sort of say a concept album but like yeah one long they work together as a big set rather than sing, single songs I guess they, they it brought more out of the whole thing so and it was the way that and, and it excited us it excited us to be like more ambitious than before like to go oh we can make a gapless album we can almost make a concept album here um we can wrap all of these like different uh influences into one thing and kind of package it up and that was just more exciting than the alternative for us i guess um so we did it um and uh it sort of started off by us doing um rehearsals of the songs to play them like just as two piece live where we kind of hammered out the sections and stuff and then we both took a week off work to record the drums um and had an intense week um tracking the drums in like march 2020 and then um then sort of from that point on it becomes a lot more of like layering and um i do a lot more of the instrumental stuff because i have to do bass guitars vocals um and then harry helps make um Harry sort of collaborates on the way in terms of like decisions of different sounds or like if we need to change any bits of the songs or like add um, percussion or other other instruments and he does a bit of we both did like bits of backing vocals and stuff so um, but uh, but at the same time a lot of it is <laughs> after March 2020 through to Feb there's a lot of me in a room trying to like work out where to go next because working out bass parts like I don't usually play bass so um this is a real like journey in my bass playing and stuff like that. So, um, so yeah, to sum up, we decided to make an album because we felt it was like a way to up our ambition, um, for this set of songs. It was the most exciting sort of way to release for us. Um, <clears throat> and perhaps something that will serve us like in the longer term rather than the shorter term, but I'll get onto that and like reflecting, um, about the album in a sec. But, uh, so yeah. And then, um, <clears throat> unless, uh, uh, unless I said this um, already, like we record it all at home, all ourselves. Um, 
we don't go to a studio um i'm i mix and master it um we produce all the tracks we arrange them like <laughs> it's it's a real like diy sort of thing but we try also try and make it sound as like professional as possible without being over polished as well like to keep a kind of it's this balance of like humanity plus um and uh sounding not like it was recorded in a basement or whatever um so yeah it's a really really rewarding thing but but difficult you it's like it pushes your ability in like multiple fronts all at once like um harry had to record like the best drum tracks he did and then once he's done that and i pick up a bass i'm going like oh my bass playing is like not good enough for these drum tracks so i've got to like improve as i'm going along uh, or like really put thought and effort and multiple takes <laughs> in many cases to get bass line that is going to like support the rest of the song um so that is the challenge of being like two-piece and um doing all the instruments you have to kind of be a bit of a jack of all trades but try and not let yourself down with any of the parts that you put on um which is why yeah it took quite a long time but we were doing it part-time as well outside of jobs so um so i i would recommend it because it pushed us to become better at a lot of things M more than singles i don't know but like just something about that big project um it really like pushes to the next level but the flip side of that is that it's like hard it takes hours and hours and hours um, of concentration, of like setbacks sometimes, frustration, like tiredness, blisters on my fingers. Like literally, I put that in a marketing thing. And it was actually true. Um, so yeah, it's like I don't know, training for a marathon or something. But like the end result is a set of songs. Um, yeah. That so I don't know if I would recommend it to everyone. This this just what like the set of songs we had just it felt right to make an album. So there's not a, there's not really advice for like other bands or whether they should do singles or am there's a strong argument to do singles and smaller releases because you can kind of keep up your promotion um because i guess the downside of what we did although the upside is like i think it was the best way to do the songs and it pushed us to be a lot better the downside is that like some of our promotion that was gathering a bit of steam in early 2021 um where we'd done a couple of singles and a kind of it felt like we were starting to connect with a bit of a fan base um, that we had to go a bit quiet because we were literally sat like recording. Um, and a mistake I made is that like I didn't really like videoing myself recording because I was really like actually trying to work out what I was going to play. And I felt like I would have like hours and hours of video, just me going nowhere that I'd never like be able to edit because it would just be too much. Um, but I regret that a little bit because um, that's part of the journey that you want to show fans so um it's yeah it's harder to keep sort of awareness and stuff up when you're sinking yourself into a project like that which i think is why big artists like disappear for a year because they literally just hide away and have to work out like what they want to talk about what they want to play what's going on you know in terms of uh their musical like, ambitions and stuff so um so yeah it's it's hard thing to to do without like someone helping you to keep promoting and it's just the two of us who do all of this stuff and two can echo so um the downside is that yeah we maybe lost a bit of momentum like publicly but as like musicians and stuff um and like artistically we were developing massively just not in public um so maybe that was something that i would try and improve next time of how can we can get a better balance of those two things but um it's done it's out um not like a big splash or anything when it was released like it's just 
you know, it's mostly going to our existing fans and they're kind of getting used to it, getting time to listen to it, whatever. Um, the whole 50 minutes, uh, uh, that kind of thing. But um, I think what we have created is like, and one thing you get with an album is like an asset that can serve you over the longer term because someone can come across our music in like a year's time or something and go, oh, I like this song. Oh, look, this song was on this record. Like I've now got the next step deeper all in one place. Whereas um, what I what I find personally as a music fan with singles is that like, I'm kind of hopping around um, potentially different um, kind of different styles, like quite far apart. If, if I like a certain song um, and I see it's on an album, I, I get quite excited as a music fan because I'm like, oh, there's this is part of a set. I might really like this set. And um, albums that you really like for like hardcore music fans are, are huge. Like you get real, that's where you get like a real deep connection with an artist is kind of through an album that you can sit and like spend an hour in that artist's sort of world of that time. So um, they're great. If if you did an, a, a whole career based on albums, they're great like signposts that of of different eras of that artist's career, of different times in their life. Um, whereas singles can kind of there's something a little bit disposable about them, um, at least in terms of like rock music or whatever, uh, where you're not looking to like chart and like get the single to pay back. Don't know, but um, after all of that, yes, we have finished it. Um, and it's uh it's a great place to be and if you haven't had a listen go and check it out um there's uh, i couldn't even recommend a track to you because people seem to be warming to different tracks um which is very cool um but yeah i'm i'm uh i'd love to hear what you think email me at james at toucanecho.com if you've got any thoughts we've had some amazing like people message us with like proper detailed like reviews of each track um, calling out which ones are their favourites, like, it's, it's awesome, um, but, uh, yeah, I, and, I mean, we've talked about it on the podcast before, but I should also say that, like, we're a two-piece band, me and Harry, um, and live, we play as two-piece, I do sort of stuff to fill out the bass frequencies and that kind of thing, but the studio, we approach quite differently to the live stuff, the studio, we almost make the songs as if we're a full band, so we don't, like, limit ourselves to, playing two-piece live like in the studio to try and like match our live stuff we actually purposely make them really different um like a different version of the same song so these are almost like the fully produced um full band versions of the songs but then like when we take that same song live we have to kind of reimagine it a little bit um and some of them are quite close to studio versions when we play them live if they're like simpler songs and other ones like we have to kind of get quite creative in how we play them live as a strip down two people where I can't layer like 10 guitars and that kind of thing um so yeah we purposely treat the studio quite differently and I recommend this to other bands because I think um I yeah I think it's a, a just a great like it, it's difficult to maybe market and brand that sometimes but it it just adds like intrigue and is more exciting as as well to like not just play the same try and carbon copy your studio version or carbon copy or live act um there'll be people that disagree with me on this but um i'm a big fan of like 60s bands who got really creative in the studio and like sitting down to listen to am is just a different experience to going to see that band live i know it's a compliment that they said oh they sounded just like the record but um if you're 
not trying to prove that you didn't use loads of studio magic, you're actually using them as two different creative outlets. I, I'm confident that that's the right thing, so that's what we do. Um, yeah. So, what next? <laughs> um, we're kind of in that period where, you know, we've literally just released it, like, last week, so it's like, um, what do we do now? But to be fair, we actually have been writing a lot during the making of this album because we've still been practicing a fair amount and kind of jamming new stuff and improvising. So we just keep coming up with new ideas. Um, it's almost a bit surreal. <laughs> almost a bit. We almost go in with the expectation now of going into practice. They're like, oh, there's going to be a new song come out of this because it just is flowing um, and lots of really cool ideas that we can't wait to release. We may go to singles for a bit to kind of change it up um, or do EPs, do smaller releases um, because, yeah, we've done like a decent amount of promotion around the album and my my feeling is that we've got a kind of quite a few people who've seen our music or engaged to like a small degree, but we want to kind of take that to the next level in terms of engaging with our fan base, engaging with these people who've shown an interest, if you get what I mean. Um, I think we're good at getting our music out there but then um we want to build something bigger than like just spamming people with the music we want to kind of like a two-way connection with our fan base because that's like what we enjoy the most what um i as a music fan enjoy the most with bands so um so yeah it's going to be more concentrated on kind of building that like building that community and um and a lot of musicians like our music so it's just great great for us to just nerd out about music <laughs> Um, so yeah, um, and I, I think we'll go, yeah, do like, do like smaller releases. Um, one thing we've debated is whether we're going to track more stuff live because this record is, is layered and produced. Um, and, but we did two tracks on it, uh, one called Tatami and one called Tokyo Fire Dance Illusions, where we actually played the core tracks like together live and those, that drum track plus guitar track, um, that we recorded while we were playing as a two-piece with like what on the final record just with more layers added and we think that added quite a lot of vibe to those tracks um it felt it it was a good blend of like the two worlds of like not just being like the own not just being limited to what we can play on the spot um as two people but also it had that energy plus the sort of production so i think our future records are going to explore a bit of that and we may even go and record in a studio um because we've recorded at home for years and years now um i've not been in the studio for five years something like that like an actual recording studio so we may do a few singles but kind of tie it into like a bit of like video sort of documentary about going to a recording studio um and you can also learn quite a lot from doing that so we're reflecting on potentially doing singles or eps having me just said the whole reason that we did an album um we may change our mind and do an album again but uh and we might go and record in studios to get out of like the home studio mindset maybe we'll mix it at home or record just the drums in a studio or something like that but um yeah we've got lots of lots of um lots of cool tracks to to come up and we want to start playing live again um we actually went to a a, like a jam night so we live in leeds now or just outside of leeds in the, like north of the uk um which we moved to out of london um and we went to our first sort of 
a jam like improv kind of night where just musicians turn up and kind of try and make some music together on the spot which is all that's our vibe man <laughs> that's how we play as two people so um that was really 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 sick um so we're going to be doing a bit more of that going to like open mic nights and that kind of thing um and um yeah you can see harry at the uh you're on the podcast. That's it. <laughs> uh, for real. So yeah, what else did I say I was going to talk about? Um, lost my lost my train of thought. So yeah, we did a jam night yesterday. We want to get back playing playing gigs. So I'm going to reach out to our various fan bases, particularly in the UK, because that's where we're going to start off, um, and get if they want to see us play live, uh, we need to know about it so it can help us like book a gig. But um, yeah, get back playing live, get back um, like making some jam videos which have been very popular with our fans. So that's kind of the next thing. So it's going to be more of a, a mix of quite a few uh, quite a few things coming up. Um, that that is one what is going to be next. Um, and what another like big thing that I got from doing this jam night yesterday was just the the vibe of like being around other musicians like I'm really <laughs> really ready to just to set more and more into doing creative stuff there's, there's something about like the move that has um triggered a bit of freedom to just like be even more creative than before because I know like on this podcast we talk about that a lot like the the creative journey or the mindset required or um you know and and that's like a main topic of the podcast but actually um in the sort of day-to-day world when you've got to like balance your job and that kind of thing it's uh it's hard to it's hard to keep at it it's work to keep at it and you don't necessarily like get encouraged to do it all the time um, and that's part of the reason I do the podcast to kind of um cultivate um what I think to be true but you don't necessarily hear um in the world all the time about like the creative journey and being artistic and that kind of thing um but uh, yeah, it was great to go and just hang out with other musicians, which we don't do like, you know, we, we haven't done nearly enough, I guess, up to this point. Um, and uh, yeah, that was that was great. And maybe we'll end up doing some more like collaborations and stuff this year. You never know. Um, speaking of collaborations, there's one on the one of our sort of first ones on the album where um, we uh, got my friend Maya, who um, kind of comes from a classical music like background, studied like orchestration. We got her to um, arrange some strings for one of our songs called Ride the River, which like takes it absolutely to the next level in the studio version. So take a look at that if you want to see the, uh, the the ambition that I was talking about on the on the new record. Um, and um, yeah, then what what else did I promise? Music nerd stuff. Um, listening to a lot of records right now. I'm sitting next to the record collection, um, and uh, I really enjoyed just. We're, we're kind of going on like, uh, I mean, hopefully it's not weekly because I go bankrupt, but we're going on like regular vinyl shops right now, um, buying new records each week. I'm picking like random ones of different types of music, um, <laughs> which is exciting but expensive. So uh, <laughs> it's not something I can necessarily do forever. But I, um, yeah, really exploring like just record sessions and sitting down listening to like old music, new music, um I, I like buying sort of African music or South American music, like to just 
get like a new set of influences i guess particularly like random vinyls that you may not have stumbled across on spotify like going to a record shop is quite a different thing to a algorithm it's kind of curated by someone else's taste um and it can be unpredictable you can run into like more unpredictable stuff so um, i recommend people getting into vinyl and going to record shops if you're a music fan maybe you all are already but it's just yeah to actually see it like tangible and so much of with so much of uh music and uh, life is like streamed right now tangible stuff is the way forward um and what else guitar nerdery um so yeah what one funny thing that i'm finding from being um uh, by the way if you don't care about guitar you make you can tune out of the podcast now because i'm just going to talk about like guitar tone um because we we jump around on the podcast um well, where are we at the moment i've talked about the album why we did an album that we um that we benefited from learning a lot from it but our promotion's a bit down so we're going to go and do like a few singles and things and kind of concentrate on a bit more balance of a few different things rather than sinking all our energy into an album um talked about we went to a jam night and like kind of hanging out with other musicians is really good for their creative mindset um and kind of keeping on the path of being artistic when the world doesn't necessarily think that's a good idea. Um, and that we're doing uh, record record shops, and I recommend just going into record shops. And um, I don't just buy them completely randomly. I actually listen to, like, five seconds on Spotify, and if I think it sounds cool, um, I buy it. Um, <laughs> I go for it. <laughs> and maybe buy, like, one or two. Um, so that's um, that's my kind of expanding my musical horizons right now. And then, yes, I promised some sort of guitar nerdery. Um, what I used to record all the tones on the album, the guitar tones, was, and the bass as well, um, was the Kemper Profiler, which I thought was quite well known in the guitar community. Um, but since we've moved up to Leeds, no one's heard of it. <laughs> Everyone's like, what is that? Uh, they see it and they go like, what is this space age alien technology that you are bringing around? <laughs> um, and uh, I don't know why. But, uh, but yeah, so I... Uh, Basically, what I've used for guitar tone for the past couple of years is the Kemper Profiler, which is like a bit of technology some clever Germans invented in 2010, where you can mic up a guitar amp, so you put a microphone in front of it, put it through a preamp, and then send loads of um, crazy sounds through it, like... Um, and that can like capture the response of the amp at different volumes and different frequencies to the point where like you can then play a profile of that amp which is basically like a sort of a digital copy of it that sounds like 90-something percent the same. Um, so I bought one of those for, you know, it's quite expensive, but um, but you can use it live in the studio and you can basically buy 10 quid profiles of like any amp that you want. Um, so in the studio, it's just incredibly good because you can with like a flick of a switch swap to the same amp on different um different tone on the same amp or a completely different amp um so the way that i actually ended up recording guitars on the amp was literally just kind of sitting and finding a tone for say one rhythm guitar then swapping guitars swapping amps and that kind of leading to quite a wide sound and um really being able to be quite like specific on the sounds that i wanted for uh each part um, like you could really kind of tweak, uh, perhaps even more though, more so than you could with a real amp, um, just because it's digital. And in my opinion, not sacrificing the sound like at all, basically. 
Um, it's a different playing experience to a real amp, but that's not a criticism because in the real world, when you use amp, they're always mic'd up, or 90% of the time they're mic'd up. So that's the sound that the Kemper captures um, and replicates really, really, really well. Um, perhaps better than you could mic up in like the the real world, like in a kind of busy, smoky club, whatever. <laughs> like this is kind of a a, a well mic'd up amp sound. Um, but I'm also getting back into play uh, into playing my real guitar amp, which I've still got, which is a two rock, um, which is a beautiful, beautiful amp. It sounds incredible, um, and the sort of playing experience in the room with the amp is just like stellar it sounds so good um but and the Kemper can get really close man really close to that like to think how I mean I've got a kind of cheaper probably the cheapest two rock that you can get but they go up to like thousands and thousands of pounds um and like all I can say is like from profiles of my amp is that it, ca it captures the important things about it um, captures the feel, the vibe, the like spirit, I guess, that, that, that makes that amp great. And it captures it and recreates it perfectly. Um, so yeah, Kemper's an incredible piece of technology and it has been an absolute dream to use that in the studio. And I actually quite like the process of having to get the sound up front and not being able to tweak it with a plug-in. So I did a few uh, guitar parts with a plug-in um, when I didn't have my Kemper like available um, and that was kind of cool because you could like tweak the sound a bit to make it fit in the mix. Um, but when you're earlier stage building the track, like there is, it's a cliche, but there is like a, just something good about having to get your sound as you're going and build in the track based on those decisions rather than like, oh, I'll just DI it and build the whole track at the end. Cause like what you lay down before influences what comes later. Um, it kind of can set a direction or not, and like to to not set that direction at any point, I I think it's too much to do at, at once at the end. Like you can do it, and sometimes that um, flexibility becomes in you know really useful. But um, yeah, for me, like even though the Kemper light, I had to, I didn't even record like DI things to go back. I just like chose my tones as I went, um, and uh, it worked great. It it. it sounds spectacular um so yeah um and uh i'm gonna i'm sort of even though you can have like any amp i guess live i'm actually settling on like less and less um amps it, it's funny like in the studio i kind of would use a more diverse range of amps because of the way we make the album like layering different stuff but live um it's actually like i'll set up kind of things for us to jam over with very similar sounding if not the same amp um to keep it in like the same territory otherwise i felt like there was more chance of me jumping around in tones and volumes that just didn't benefit um didn't benefit playing live as much um felt like more a more of a consistent sound live for for me worked better um, but that's also because you can't change um change guitars and certain amps work well with different guitars that's one of my biggest <laughs> biggest like guitar learnings and it sounds really obvious but like amps and guitars can be suited to each other and it's about finding the right like pair um because um at home i've got this prs and this hughes and kettner kind of combo that's actually discontinued now um you can't buy it anymore but they have this um yeah this hughes and kind of and they work so well together like i can't get 
I mean, the PRS sounds great through lots of things, but like, put, plug that into that, and they're just like, oh, they sound great. So my recommendation, if you are shopping around for guitar amps, um, and you don't have the money for a Kemper, is bring your guitar to the shop and play it through the amps and find like the pairing. Um, it may mean that you need, if you have another guitar, you may need another amp. <laughs> but what are you gonna do? Um, so yeah, I think that is long enough for one podcast. Um, thank you so much for tuning in. Um, I really enjoy doing this. Actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna get back on it. Um, it's one of my favorite bits of content to do, even though it's sort of probably the least popular thing that we do. But it's deep, you know. I get to ramble about shit for ages. Um, but um, yes, thank you so much for tuning in. Um, we will speak soon. Tukanago Podcast is back, baby.